0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. I hate lies. Don't you too? Don't you hate when people believe something that's not true and it affects them? Today, I want to talk about a lie, a lie that a lot of people in our culture believe, and maybe one that even some of you believe. And here it is. Many people in our culture believe that you can be saved. You can be on your way to heaven and walk in darkness. And I'm here to tell you that we're going to see so clearly from God's word, that is a lie. That is not true. If you are walking in darkness, you are not saved. And that is something worth noting, especially in our culture, where the opposite, unfortunately, is taught so much. Where am I getting this idea? Well, from 1 John 1. That's the book that we're starting today as we're getting very close to the end here in our reading the Bible in a chronological way. order. Uh, we're going to get through First John, Second John, 3 John. We'll be getting into Revelation here soon. But today we see these words. And 1 John begins a little differently. It doesn't start like a lot of Paul's epistles or even Peter or Jude or things like that. But these opening verses stress the reality. And even just John's role as an eyewitness, he's talking about things that he has heard, that we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and touched with our hands. This is all very real. that This is factual. We know what's going on here. Uh, and then he gets into, well, what, what is this message that we're declaring? What is this message that you have heard? Well, verse five, this is the message we heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And then we get into the verse that I want you to know. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, We lie and do not practice the truth. So if you say, I'm saved, I know God, I have fellowship with Him, but you're walking in darkness, you're lying. And one of the pastors I heard, I used to work with, used to say, what's the worst kind of deception? Self-deception. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing. People are self-deception deceived. People think I'm fine because I prayed a prayer once, or I'm fine because I go to church. But if you were walking in darkness, you're lying and you do not practice the truth. And we need to start and we need to be honest and we need to admit that. And so I want you to see that clearly. And again, uh, think of how this goes along with other scripture. Matthew 7 is a great example of uh, people who say, Lord, Lord, but he's going to say in judgment, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness. Uh, So here's a warning right there in verse six. We need to be honest with ourselves. We need to be honest with each other. And if you're listening to this today, I want you to be honest with yourself. If you are walking in darkness, you're not practicing the truth. You don't have fellowship with God. And according to other verses, I don't think you're on the road to heaven. And so you need to be honest and admit that. And I think sometimes people have a hard time admitting that right now. I think this also shows up. Sometimes people will look back at their past and they'll say, oh, I was saved. Um, but then I, I really got serious about my faith. Uh, and if you really look back, if you're being honest, you just say, hey, I'm, I was walking in darkness. So why would you go back and say, well, I was walking in darkness, but I was saved. How is that a biblical thought? Or uh, many times people will, will think this about other people that they'll think to, about other people. Well, uh, you know, I don't want to think that that they're not saved or that they're not going to heaven. So I'm going to somehow justify what they're doing as they walk in darkness. And so we need to be honest with ourselves, with each other about what the Bible teaches. But I want you to see there is a flip side to this. That's a warning, and that may come across as, ooh, man, that's intense. But look at the next verse. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. On the flip side of this, if you're walking in the light, you can be full of assurance. You can be full of Uh, This blessed assurance, this wonderful joy of knowing my sins are forgiven. And to be clear here, this is not teaching any form of works righteousness saying, hey, if you walk in the light, if you try hard enough, you know, then you'll earn God's favor and Jesus will cleanse you. I think really the proper way to understand this, especially when we consider it against the backdrop of all of Scripture, is is no. If there's this evidence in your life, you can know this. You can be assured of this. And even one of the ways I know this isn't teaching some kind of works righteousness is it's not saying, hey, you earned something. It's saying the blood of Jesus cleanses you from unrighteousness. That is what saves you, what Jesus has done, 100% what Jesus has done, not what you have done. We see another lie in verse 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And I think that's another big lie affecting a lot of people today. People think I'm a good person. You're deceiving yourself if you don't think you have sin that needs a savior. But then again. There's the warning, there's the harder words in verse 8, but then there's the the promise in verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, What an amazing truth that is, right? Many people today, I think that's one of the hardest things in our culture with evangelism is um, people think they're good people. And so people don't think that they have sin that needs to be forgiven. That's deception. That is not true. But the flip of that is when we do admit our sin, Uh, There is forgiveness to be found uh, in Jesus Christ. And again, notice there that idea of cleansing. There is cleansing that comes not in our own works, not in our own doing, but through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the grace of of Jesus Christ. And so 1 John, it's a book I recommend a lot to people who are wrestling through whether or not they are really saved. And maybe if you're in that position, I want to recommend this book to you. And I want you to see, even though we'll see verses like verse 6, the goal of this book is not to make you doubt. The goal of this book is to give you assurance. That's where I want people to be by the end of reading this book is I'm saved, I know I am saved, and I have a joy as a result of that. But joy doesn't come from false assurance. It comes from real assurance. And if you're trying to assure yourself by saying, I prayed a prayer once or I did this thing once, but you're walking in darkness... That is not real salvation, but the good news is if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us, to change us, and then you will find yourself walking in the light and having fellowship with one another and having fellowship with God, and you will experience this joy. So again, what what is our goal in First John? It's joy, it's assurance, uh, and it's fellowship with God, and I hope you experience all of these things as we read this book. Now, as we go back to Ezekiel now, chapters 22 and 23, we see more of God's words of judgment upon the people. And in chapter 22, it's clear you've shed blood, you have profaned my uh, Sabbath. You've done just all of this wickedness and I am going to bring judgment. And then chapter 23 uh, gives us this picture, this parable of these two sisters, Ohola and Oholaba. And the first one there, Ohola, it even says uh, there in verse four, Ohola is Samaria and Oholaba is Jerusalem. Uh, so it tells us what what we don't have to guess. Well, what do these sisters represent? He tells us Ohola represents Samaria, and that name means her tent. And Oholaba means my tent is in her. And you can see that the northern kingdom, Samaria, they set up their own tent. Uh, the Jerusalem, the southern kingdom, well, God's tent and the temple was there. And you see, God judged the the older sister, Israel, and now, uh, younger sister, do you think you're gonna get away? With this, you saw what the judgment was to Israel. Do you think that you are going to have it any better? No, you are going to experience judgment for your sin. But here it again uses really the picture of sexual immorality to describe sin. And we see that judgment is going to come as well. So you see the warning here. um, uh, of judgment, and again, I think Ezekiel, these last several chapters uh, show us God has spoken clearly. Listen to what God is saying. Uh, we need to heed his warnings. if we just keep going on in sin and ignoring the warnings of God, God will bring. Judgment. So let's pray for ourselves, like and and seek to do the right thing ourselves, like we saw from Jude. And let's pray for our nation. Let's pray for the world that God would bring repentance. And in our nation, let's pray that people would stop believing the lie that you can be a Christian and walk in darkness, uh, and that people would embrace the truth, but also the grace and cleansing that come through Jesus Christ. Why would we try to defend ourselves and act like we don't have sin when there is grace waiting for us? when we confess and turn from that sin. So let's stop believing the lie and let's embrace the joyful truth uh, that brings blessed assurance. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.